come to save the day. The Mighty House crew is on the job. This is Mighty House. We're going to be talking about decking. Today we're going to talk about how to frame that deck out. And if frame you missed it. out, how to put the posts in, how to do the foundation part, all that's last week. So go back and watch that one if you want to know how to do that part of the deck. So today we're talking framing so it doesn't collapse mm -hmm. and you don't end up on the news. And before we talk about this, let's uh, go ahead and click on the bell uh, below and uh, click on the subscribe button and leave us a note That's below right. because Rich always wants to know what's in your head and what you're thinking That's about. right. <laughs> so, most people. That's some right. people just plain scare me. And oh, look at that. Are we giving a live shot of the, of the, uh, of the Klein tools? Absolutely. So let's go ahead and That's get right. started here. We've got the ledger board. We need to attach this to the house. We need to secure it properly to the house so that it doesn't collapse. So this is so, how the ledger board, and you, a minimum of a two by eight. Can't use anything yes. smaller than a two by eight because you need to have and this not spacing. secure it properly. Correct. So you need two inches down, five inches apart, and then also three quarters of an inch up. And then this bolt here, you need to be two inches in from the end also. So mm -hmm. as you look at this and how it's laid out, notice how they don't have them stacked either. There's the bolts are staggered. So that That's that right. way they are apart from each other. That way, if there is a split in the lumber, it doesn't start to split and continue. Um, this this will help prevent that from uh, this one creating a split that goes to this one, and then the whole thing collapses. So if you have them staggered right. like this, that's a lot stronger, and uh, that way it's going to stay on the house where it belongs. And, and we'll get to it, but they need to go through like if you have a brick house or a brick veneer house yep. you need to go through the brick to the ledger so you know the inside rim joist and we've got that coming up but this is no joke uh whenever you see a deck collapse on the news nine times out of ten it's the ledger that failed correct this so is, this, this is, is probably the most important thing yep to to get right now i'll make another statement as an next carpenter or i'm still a carpenter i guess yeah you're always um, going to be one Whether do you your joist layout you know, get that ledger kind of held up in place, but do your joist layout because there's nothing worse than putting a bolt right where your next joist goes. <laughs> yeah, or your first joist. <laughs> that, or your first, that's even worse, yeah, yes. See, that's why so. that first one's in two inches also, so you can get that in Exactly. There. All right. But next, it might interfere with your joist hanger, so then you want to make sure it might go over two and a half. It could be three. Correct. But the whole point is don't put it right at the end, you know, but look at your hardware, look at your deck layout, your joist layout and then stagger your bolts. So the point is minimum two from the top, three quarter from the bottom, minimum two inches in. And five inches apart. Okay. So and that's what I'm talking about. You gotta get to the inside part of the house. Right, so you, you come all the way through and you have a bolt going through there, carriage bolted, and then it's that's a nut and washer. That's my preferred method of doing it. You can use a lag bolt, but you can see it has to go all the way through. Um, mm -hmm. And when you go to the spacing part of this, You'll notice that the lag bolts have to be closer together than those that are, are through bolted and have a nut and bolt on them. So um, that's, right. that's how you're going to properly want to secure this ledger to the house. Okay, next up, Sonar. There we go. So there's our, there's our little chart that we're going to use. So depending yes. on how far your joist span is from the house to the mm -hmm. first beam, that's going to determine how far apart those bolts are. The other thing that will do it, whether or not you're using a, a, a through bolt, a lag bolt, 
or a through bolt with washers. That's all going to determine how, how far apart the, uh, the ledger is or how far apart those bolts are. And you can see there, go back to that one last screen there real quick. So if you had a 10 foot one to 12 foot span, you're looking at 15 Which inch Which is spacing. probably your most common, yep. to be honest. So you're looking at 15 inch spacing. And then if you're for going- For the lag to, bolt. Uh, yep, that's for a lag bolt. And if you're gonna use a half inch bolt uh, with no washers, it's 29 inches apart. If you're going to use a half-inch diameter bolt with a uh, with washers, stacked half-inch washers, then you can go 24. So there's uh, there's your spacing. Okay. So now let me back you up again, just okay. just because I want to participate. Um, all of this, the, while you're treated lumber, you need to check it because ACQ is a corrosive treatment. It does not have arsenic in it like the old stuff did right but it's very corrosive to metal fastener so you either need to use stainless steel bolts and lags mm -hmm. or at the very minimum double dipped galvanized right so you'll see a lot of times things say galvanized bolt but you want to make sure it's double dip galvanized and you can tell usually double dip because they're chunkier and not as purdy right but because it's acq that the preservative is so corrosive to metal you have to be very careful what you use to put it all together. Right. You need to use the right type of, of uh, metal fasteners, too. You can't exactly. Just, you can't just use a, a regular lag I'm always bolt. the bad news, guys. Why am I always the bad news, guys? I just keep <laughs> complaining, complaining. <laughs> all right. I don't know. So how are we going to support this? We're, we're coming off of our peers, our foundation, again, from last week, our foundation mm -hmm. peers. Now we can put either a 4x4 four four in or a 6x6. Six and a lot of this is going to depend on the structure, how it's framed. Your architect may right. may drive how, what the size of that post is going to be. But also, how do you secure that? You need one of these right here. Right. So, so last week we talked about the concrete foundations using sono tubes, doing blocks, all types of different types of concrete sort of bases. But what you don't want to do is put a post directly on the concrete and have it wick up water from the bottom. So these concrete, these strong tie bases, it bolts directly to your concrete pier. Right through there. You slide down that cap that covers your bolt. Then you set your four by four or six by six post on top of that. And you can see all the nailing opportunities you have. <laughs> and most inspectors require you to fill every hole. Yep. They're not there as a suggestion. It's part of the design process. And what kind of nails? But Joyce hanger nails, double dip galvanized. Yep. 16 penny typically. You know, Even though eight pennies are easier to get in there. Yeah. Last episode, <laughs> you guys also said to put a J hook in the concrete on the on the pillar. Correct. So how does the J hook come in with this apparatus here? So that okay. threaded bolt would come up through there. Gotcha. The upside to using these and sleeve anchors or expansion bolts is that once your piers are poured and the tops are all nice and smooth, you go back from your batter boards, you run your strings over there, and now you can get exact centers for your, your posts. If you were to put the J bolts in and you're off, then that hanger, that particular post base may not work as well because it's gonna automatically throw your post off center. So a lot of times it's better to go back and drill it. It's not quite as strong, but if the concrete cures enough, you're not gonna blow it apart. Right, right. And and I, we've also just re-drilled that hole in the bottom of these 
elongated a little bit so that you could get it exactly where you wanted it. Right. Then you throw a fender washer on there and, and bolt it down so that way it's secure. And there are some that are actually available that way where the hole's in the middle, but it actually has a removable fender washer. So you pop it out, move the thing around. Yep. So again, it goes back to what are you buying? That right. particular one that's in this picture, it's got to be right on. Yep, exactly. Yeah, otherwise you're working it. So, so aesthetically though, the next picture is going to show us a four by four. There's four by fours. And it, I mean, it works structurally, it's sound, but it's kind of spindly looking. And, and so, you know, it, it well, and the other thing is you notice the sway bracing everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's so high. That's a right. fairly large deck to have on four by four posts with what looks like to be a 10 to 12 foot spacing. So when you're on that deck with 20 people and you're all kind of dancing to something, uh -huh. that deck will start racking left and right. And yep. what it does, it pulls loose from the wall. So the sway bracing helps eliminate that but if you had larger posts and closer together it'd definitely be a lot sturdier right so then you have the next picture which is showing us six... just noticed there's a lawnmower under there go back go back go back back there's lawnmower <laughs> storage area All right, zoom in zoom in there. oh yeah look at that there it is that's why the deck's so high he, he needed more storage yeah. area there you go so it makes you wonder garage. if he put something on the bottom of, on the joist before he put the decking on there to keep the rain off the mower that's right it's an insta, awesome. insta shed also see it's a it's insta shed double duty yes so then okay the, then next up see here they use six by six it's a little it's a little beefier looking a little sturdier looking uh mm -hmm. aesthetically i like it a lot better and then they, you can see on the bottom there, they actually just wrapped those six by sixes and even made them look thicker and heavier. But that's- And a, even those arched panels- Yep. Act, act as sway braces because they've tied it all together. Yep. And it, So it gives you a, a nice look. It's probably, you know, a little too nice to stick your lawnmower under, but- <laughs> <laughs> Hey, a John Deere, you can put your John Deere anywhere and it looks that's good. That's right. It okay. looks good. Don't, don't knock it. <laughs> so you can pick your architect may tell you what size to put in there but aesthetically mm -hmm. it, it's up to you you can you can use the the, the four by fours if you're wanting to save a little bit of money or you can use a six by sixes if aesthetically you like that thicker beefier right. look well it gives you a lot stronger deck and then of course your posts are much sturdier so your railing is better yep so all right there we go okay so beam locations and sizes We've got another little chart for you here. So there you go. So if you're using a two by eight, you can, uh, you can do a five foot nine inch spacing between your posts. If you're using mm -hmm. a double two by 10, that's six foot eight. And if you're using a double two by 12, that's eight foot apart on your spacing for your posts. So, um, and, and that is the way they're showing it there is actually just a single, <laughs> I don't see him. The picture doesn't is actually showing a double, but does it make a difference, Rich, if you just nailed a, a two by twelve on either side of the post, or should they be nailed together? No, I don't think it really matters. But to get then again, that's just my opinion, so I can wait the email from the engineer again. <laughs> um, but no, when we usually do beams or headers, yeah, it'll tell you that there is a nailing pattern that they're nailed together and it's three rows of sixteen pennies, twelve inches apart, whatever. So I'm going to say that, yes, it does matter. You do want them put together. Now, what we'll typically do is instead of setting them right on top, I might do a lap joint, you know, half lap right. on the top of the post. And then I can through bolt 
the beams to that post and then just take the top off the post and that keeps it from racking. Yep. So I think that's where most people end up going and putting one on each side because with the post running through, it keeps it from racking, but you're not really sitting on a double two by 12. You're sitting on two, two by 12s, right. which is not the same. <laughs> yeah. So again, and we talked about post spacing last week also, because the other thing that comes into play here is your, your, the weight, the load. So in last week's episode, we talked about getting your posts and beams figured out based on a 50 pound per square foot load, which is 10, 40 pounds live, 10 right. pounds dead load. Yep. And that will affect it. So you bring all this together and it starts dictating what you need to have there. Yep. Exactly. So there you go. Uh, and th so then next up, you can, where's that, po where's that beam going to be? You can inset it so that it's flush mm -hmm. or you can do the next picture, which is showing them underneath. Right. So you can support them either now, way. Right. And underneath is typically easier because then you can have your joist run all the way across from one you know, if your deck's going to have a 16 foot projection, you can buy 16 footers and then just put that beam out there at, you know, 10 feet or whatever. Um, the one thing odd in that picture is that if I was going to have a 16 foot deck, I think I'd have my beam at eight. I just split it in half. Yeah. I don't see much reason to have 16 foot and put it at 12. Right. Because you're going to have a lot of bounce in that first 12 and nothing in the last four. That would be adequate if you're doing a cantilever where the Joyce were sticking past another three feet yeah. past the second beam. But the other thing is your beam, you don't, if you go back to the last one where it's in the deck and look at the grade, that deck is being built pretty much on the ground. Right. So you do not want earth to wood contact. So if you look at that, most of the joists are above it, but right there near the bottom of the picture, I see dirt up against that beam. Mm -hmm. That dirt needs to be removed before you install decking. Right. That will promote decay easy ramp for bugs sure yeah and and, and it's that, that moisture now can wick out of the ground into the wood and you notice they've got yeah. joist hangers everywhere on this and then even on the outside double beams there's joist hangers in all those mm -hmm. um which when you're sitting on top there's different straps you need to use. And you can see on this one they've got different types of straps to secure that and i noticed right in here this looks like a beam that they've got set in the ground like a beam also. under the ledger yeah so they've got the ledger on there and then they've got the, this beam and then these two out here, which is odd spacing, but okay. Again, I don't know what they're doing under that deck. There right. may be a reason. Maybe yeah. he's got two lawnmowers. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Well, you got the riding lawnmower and then you got the push right. to get underneath there. So yeah, you, you I don't need know. more spacing. It's gonna, maybe he's got a pop-up camper. I still don't know why I put the deck right below his windows. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I have no idea. Okay. So, so the next episode will be removing that window to put in the patio door. Correct. That's exactly yes. how that, okay. this one here. Yes. That's exactly yeah. what will be doing yeah. there. I mean, that's what I'm looking at. Like it looks like the deck goes right to the windowsill. Yep. It's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So the other thing, the other thing you can watch out for is right there. We were just talking about all the joist hangers and yeah. th is, is there anybody else other than Simpson? Strong time. I think, but I couldn't come up with anybody. I, I mean, if you go if you go online and look up Simpson Strong Tie, and just look for whether it's hold down straps, anti lift straps, beam pockets. I mean, what they make is insane. Yeah. The the amount of inventory they must carry all over the country. Yes. Um, but they have a hanger that will meet 
your need. Yeah, whatever it is. If you they, can figure out the chart. Yep. <laughs> they've got it. And they've got, so they've got all the hangers, but they also have all the fasteners. So, mm -hmm. you know, a particular type of hanger, they, and an architect will specify a hanger and a fastener. So, mm -hmm. um, and, and they're, they'll be designed for that purpose. So um, if you need them double galvanized, you need stainless steel, Simpson Tide's gonna have all of that stuff for you. And uh, just, if you go to strongtide.com, they're not a sponsor, they don't even know we're doing this, but they're the, really, they're the people to go to, without a question. Yeah. So, next picture. And we use it all the time. It's yep. specced out in all our engineering for us for Hurricane, and people don't realize is that gravity is not your, your enemy, <laughs> it's uplift. Right. So yes, we, we strap everything down, down, down. And that is a great picture of uplift straps. Yep. On the joys. Yep. And you can see the posts are all secured. They've got strong tie, all these different types of fasteners and, uh, and strapping plates to secure that, hold it in place. So another note too, though, is so normally when I would attach a, a joist to a beam, you'd take 16 penny double galvanized nails and you're toe nailing through that joist yep. into the top of that beam. Correct. And what it typically does is it splits the joist. Yep. You know, they, they crack. So you're weakening it. So when you do this method, you don't have to nail the joist to the beam. You actually just use your hangers to, to, to secure everything, pull everything tight, shim it, whatever you need to do. Yep. And you get something that lasts far longer with less damage to the wood that you just paid a premium on. Right. And it's going to be stronger and, and, and last longer. So, I mean, it, that's, that's perfect. Yeah. So, and those things are not that expensive, you know, four or five bucks a piece, whatever. Right. Handful of nails. It's, it's the no labor to install them. That's in <laughs> the time that that's the, well, you get the, I mean, if you're a framer, you have the, the gun for the, yeah. for the joist hanger nails and makes it much faster. Yep. This is true. This is true. Okay. Next up we have our joist spacing. So, if we're gonna run our decking across this way, are we gonna run it on a 45 out this way? That's gonna determine the spacing, isn't it? Or is it mm -hmm. all the same, Rich? Yeah, no, no, no. If you're running perpendicular to your joist, so let's say I got you know two by eight or two by 10 joists there, and I wanna run perpendicular to them, then I can go on 16 inch centers. But most decking, if you're gonna run it on a 45 or do some kind of design, then you're gonna to wanna to change that framing up to 12 inches on center. Right so that your spans are lower, are shorter. So quite, you know, on a 16 inch center, the diagonal is gonna be, you know, 40 inches or something. Well, decking's not designed for that, right? You're gonna have bounce in that. Right. And don't hold me to that 40 inches. I just pulled the number out of my head. It's another email. <laughs> now- I'll get my construction master and get you the exact number shortly. Yes. Now, here's the thing. If you notice how they've got all this blocking on the ends and on the corners, Mm -hmm. That's because they're going to picture frame that decking. So they're going to run a couple boards border. around it and put a border on it and then have that decking inset. So if you want to have that look, this is the kind of framing and blocking you need to do before you try putting that decking down. Because mm -hmm. uh, if you don't do this now, it makes putting that decking down even more difficult. You're trying to go back and fit it in underneath so that you can support the decking properly. So uh, this is a great way to get that blocking in there yeah. so that you can- And there's nothing wrong with time. doubling up a joist where that joint's gonna be so that you've got full inch and a half bearing because the treated lumber, I mean, if you have a moisture meter and you wanna check treated lumber, <laughs> I, my moisture meter with, with treated lumber is usually a hammer. Hit it once when you get splashed, I'd call that about 110% moisture content. <laughs> 
So you can do a beautiful deck, but as that stuff dries out, it shrinks. Oh, yeah. And it starts pulling away. So trying to split joints on an inch and a half board, uh-huh. three-quarter inch, you know, each way, it they start shrinking, pulling away. You just don't end up with the bearing that you thought you had. So wherever you're going to do something decorative, it's not a bad idea to just double up the joists, give yourself three inches to work with, right. and you'll have something that'll be much, again, much more durable. And again, in your total cost, a couple of more boards. I mean, if that 40 bucks is going to kill you, you're probably not doing the right deck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly it. So the last thing I want to talk about, and again, I'm not sure that you guys are doing this in Florida, but we've started doing this the past couple of years, and that is our joist tape. So before we put our decking down, we're running this joist tape on our all, all the tops of all of our floor joists. And what we found over the years is that you take a deck apart that's maybe 15, 20 years old because the decking's starting to go, the framing would be okay, but where all those fasteners were into this wood, it's starting to rot out. And in, in this case, where there's a beam, that moisture gets between them and it can't mm -hmm. dry out. There's nowhere for that, there's no way for that air. That to just move follows the nail or screw right down into the wood. Exactly. So by putting this, lack of a better word, the joist tape or the ice and water shield. Flashing. Yeah. yeah. That will seal around that fastener when it goes through. And now that'll preserve the tops of all your, your floor joists. So even if your decking goes bad in 20 years, the framing underneath is going to be nice and clean and solid. And you'll be able to continue using it again and just yeah. put new decking on. So, yeah, so where I'm at in Southwest Florida, we don't build decks at all. I mean, I don't know anybody that has a deck. I mean, it might be a dock. Okay. But the docks are typically done in a similar manner. But um, we actually do that on the reverse because all of our wood trusses and everything sit on concrete tie beams. Okay. So we have to put down ice and water shield. We actually, it's just a different membrane, but a peel and stick. It's a rubber-based asphalt impregnated self-adhering. But we put that on top of our concrete beam so that the wood or bearing plates are not sitting on concrete. Excellent. So again, same exact reason though. Stop Correct. water, stop wicking. Correct. So. Correct. So this leads us to our last item uh, that we want to talk about when, with our framing, and that's proper flashing. So it, you can't just take Key. this thing and bolt it to the siding and just let it go. Caulk it. <laughs> caulk it. Yeah, I know, but that's, but that's what all these failures are around. Because because yes. this piece right here is, is the problem. And you want to have that flashing that goes from here, across the top, and so, then up underneath the house wrap. So that's right. underneath your Tyvek or your house paper, whatever it is. It goes so all the way behind. If you're you. having a new house built and you're getting a deck with the house, that deck ledger must be in place before they really start siding the house. Because that is a key point that that deck flashing needs to go up the wall. Yep. And your house wrap needs to go over that. So we were joking before the show about an old statement I always said about tucking your raincoat into your pants. So <laughs> if you were to put that flashing over the top of that house wrap and the water runs down that house wrap, it's just going to run behind the flashing. Right. So it's important. Now, another note is that drawing actually, when we looked at this, it actually says, you know, galvanized or steel uh, flashing. Yep. It says, you know, L-shaped, painted, or galvanized metal flashing, okay? Again, that newer treated lumber, the ACQ and stuff can be corrosive. So ice and water shield or a double rubber membrane there works great. But what we really liked about this picture 
was it really shows how to flash the top of that ledger and up behind the wall siding and house wrap properly. Yep, when I was looking for pictures, I found way more pictures of it incorrectly installed than correctly. When I did mm -hmm. a search for this exact thing, deck to wall flashing, yeah. and I got hundreds of pictures that were incorrect. And I found this mm -hmm. one and a few others that were correct. So we wanna make sure that you're installing this correctly, that the flashing's going in there correctly. The, the, the biggest key, it, it, the other thing that I saw was a lot of people using aluminum. So they well, had, And I was guilty of that early on when they changed from, uh, what was it? I don't remember what the old stuff was when they went to ACQ from- The arsenic-based. Arsenic-based. Um, they never put out a word that it was corrosive and aluminum could be eaten in six months. Yes. Because we used to use roll aluminum for flashing. We'd bend it and make it purdy and do all the right stuff. Right. Not knowing that it would be eaten away in six months. Yeah. So, but I will notice too, you notice the, the bolts in that ledger are incorrect. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's it. So that guy knows how to flash, but his bolts are wrong. There. Yeah. But see, now this is why, this is part of the reason why, because now that would crack through there that bolts in the same spot, it cracks, and it just pretty soon that splits and falls apart. And it's right, not... so now you end up with half a ledger. Correct. And, and it just Agreed. falls off. So that, that's, that's the problem with doing it that way. So there, that ended up being educational anyway, even though it's wrong. How do you like that? Great. Correct. All right. So next week we're going to get into some decking and decking options, and mm -hmm. uh, we'll kind of talk about this stuff. You can see it right down in here on this deck. It's pretty nice. Klein has been sending us some stuff. We're going to uh, pass that on to you guys. And uh, got got some stuff here. So if you see something you like, stay tuned. You know, leave a note below. Let us know which, which piece you might want. Um, mm -hmm. And we're going to have to set some rules here. We're not sending these out to India or China or... Robbie rules. Yes. This U.S. lower 48. That's, <laughs> that's going to be the rules for this one. So just in case. All right. With that, I'll say... Uh, Subscribe below, click the bell if you, uh, if you like it. That way you get notified next time. Leave us a note below. Yep. You can also go to yep. MightyHouse.net and sign up for the newsletter there. Just click on the Contact Us page and uh, right. boom, done. You'll be ready to go. So with that, keep it square and level. Until next, Until next time. Until next time. There we go. That almost like came off like we planned it. Yeah. Once, once before. Yeah, that was one of your good ones, so now we should probably keep that one, and then yeah. we can just stop, and then you can. <laughs> Maybe can you just overdub that? They can just be the, the, forever. Right. <laughs> right.